What's up, everybody? This is your boy, Joshua M. Hicks, senior writer for War Media and host of the In The Scope podcast. I got some great news for you all. Tix Blitz provides the same great seats without service fees. Never pay service fees by switching to TixBlitz.com today. Use the promo code WAR, W-A-R-R, and save 5% on all purchases at TixBlitz.com or on the TixBlitz app. That's promo code WAR, W-A-R-R, for 5% off on great seats for all events. TixBlitz provides the same great seats as other resellers, but with no service fees. Never pay service fees at TixBlitz.com. We'll bring you down. We've got to stop and look around. Look around. Look around. Y'all know what time it is. It is the one. It is the only in the scope podcast with your boy joshua m hicks senior writer for war media you can catch me on the instagram and the twitter at josh m hicks media last week was a lot of fun had my guy ryan chevrini on the show spit a lot of great uh, wisdom and information for these young journalists to get out there in the game especially me because i'm one of those guys you know but at the end of the day it's all about scopes and different lenses that's what this show is all about and i got a different lens for you guys that came up uh, from, from a guest perspective that's coming on my show today a former college football player at UCF and this man has in the ways in my opinion changed the way and how you actually social network when it comes to athletes in general and he's going to talk about that on the show because he's the, the co-founder founder of game time or GMTM for short and I want to and I'm, I'm so glad to bring this CEO on man to talk about what the importance of social networking and being able to find talent across the athletic realm it's changing the game y'all need to tap into it and i have the perfect guy to talk about it the ceo of this company mr joey grant joey how you doing man joshua m hicks it is good to be with you sir glad to be on the show um and talk all things sports opportunities um you know whatever we want to talk about and dig into i'm ready for it and happy to be here with you oh man i'm glad to have you on man let's just jump right into it because you're a sports guy yourself. You played college football at UCF. I want to say that is for Central Florida, for people that may not know into uh, too much about the college sports realm. So talk about pretty much your, your sports career. How did you fall in love with sports um, throughout your uh, younger uh, profile and how to get to where you got to UCF and play in a more big time uh, scale such as that? Totally, yeah. So I, uh, I grew up playing sports really my whole life started playing competitive sports. Baseball was my first love uh, around six or seven years old. Uh, that was kind of on the up and coming of the youth club circuit, AAU, U-Triple-S-A, and, and jumped right into that world. Uh, and really kind of how I think about it now is, you know, sports is a vehicle for opportunities. You play sports, it's fun, it's competitive, you're on a team. But ultimately, sports can help you change your life, provide different opportunities, at every single stage, at every kind of point in your career. And the cool thing about being an athlete is you can set that North Star, you can set that compass, what you want to chase, the dreams you want to go after. And for me, playing travel baseball, club baseball, AAU, very quickly, we were winning tournaments, 
you know, getting accolades and awards kind of fuel to the fire of, wow, this is something I want to be truly great at. And so started in baseball, uh, played basketball and football as well. Football became more and more of my passion as, you know, I went from just being, uh, you know, a third baseman to a first baseman and a pitcher in baseball to getting taller, you know, about 6'3", 225, you know, bigger frame where football was becoming a little bit more of my deal uh, and, and what I was passionate about, but also what, you know, what my kind of skill set and what I was able to achieve on the field um, was getting, getting recognition by school. So started getting, you know, recruited in high school, um, first for baseball, but then ultimately scholarships uh, for to come play football. Um, was a, like a rivals two star ESPN, like all of this. So it wasn't like a big, big time recruit by any means. Um, but also, you know, at the time as a three sport athlete, you know, the recruiting process at the time and even still now in a lot of ways is super confusing. So, you know, tough to know how to get exposure, all of these things, but luckily, you know, I started for three years, uh, you know, at an eight day school in Florida enough, you know, enough people watching to get to get an opportunity ended up you know staying home at UCF uh, made the decision in 20 2010 um, so crazy enough 12 years ago it's crazy I mean, we're all getting you know I'm an old head now but uh, you know decided to stay home just being able to see you know what what was being built in Orlando and um, you know fell in love with the program and 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 started my college career at UCF there and a lot of successful things that we accomplished during my time. My roommate was Blake Bortles, who was our starting quarterback. You know, we had a top 10 program my sophomore year, um, you know, started my career at defensive line and the last three years, sophomore through senior year at center, um, started every game uh, that I was healthy. So good career and, and kind of led me into the next chapter, but that's kind of a snapshot of the sports career. Happy to, to dig in on, on any, any one of those things, you know, even more. That's interesting. Um, especially when you talk about the Blake Bortles component, because Blake Bortles, you know, he had a, you know, I guess we could use the term interesting NFL career <laughs> to say the least, you know, but what was Blake Bortles really like at UCF? Because because around the draft and leading up to that, he was a pretty hot commodity. Like people really looked at him as that next franchise quarterback when they drafted him. So what was it? What was, what was he really like to be around and to play with as a teammate? Uh, uh, you know, at UCF. Yeah, um, yeah, he he had an interesting career at UCF, even because uh, you know he's six foot five. He's got all of the physical attributes, and um, you know he he actually came in at the same time as a, a freshman quarterback, Jeff Godfrey, who actually came in early, was the same age as Blake, but took UCF uh, to a Liberty Bowl where they beat Georgia and A.J. Green in a bowl game, you know, off the bat. So Blake immediately wasn't even starting, you know, as a freshman. He just kind of was coming in there and really from day one had to battle. So, you know, and he did. And he just put in the work, eventually won out the job, started the rest of his career. But Blake is just – He's the, the biggest winner I've ever met in terms of just a competitor and a teammate and someone that a locker room will rally around, you know, just like he was able to, you know, help rally the Jags, although they obviously they had an elite defense, but taking them to an AFC championship game, being a play away, you know, Stefan Gilmore tip away from being in a Super Bowl, you know, they were up 
28 to 10 at halftime. He had three touchdowns in the first half. Like people forget a lot of these things. And obviously I'm biased, but you know, from seeing his time in college, you know, he's just the ultimate competitor, the guy that, you know, took us from not being ranked to a top 25 season, a top 10 season, you know, granted UCF is just talented. You know, everybody on that offense in 2014, I think, you know, played in the NFL, um, and, you know, but ultimately great leader, great competitor, you know, an awesome human, just a guy that is truly in the trenches, whether you're a lineman or receiver running back, like, you know, if something's, if something's going on, like Blake's going to be the first guy in kind of leading the charge. So, you know, it was a, it was a pleasure playing for him and, and he's a good friend as well. Well, you're talking about digging in the trenches. You were in the trenches with him, um, especially in the offense side of the ball, your offensive lineman. You don't look like that now. Uh, so if you, if you want to go uh, into that aspect of things, you know, sure. where, how did that transformation came from being an offensive lineman to where you are now? Yeah, I mean, obviously, physically, there was changes in terms of, like, losing weight and whatnot. And, you know, my big thing is when I played, I was – I was always obsessed when I went to UCF. I wanted to be the youngest general manager in NFL history. I evaluated players. I scouted. I worked with different agencies uh, to evaluate offensive and defensive linemen, uh, you know, helped uh, get and, and build relationships with some pretty key guys uh, in different areas, but just, you know, loved kind of the business and personnel side of sports, the recruiting, if you may, talent identification, all of that stuff. So, um, I actually, as soon as I finished playing, uh, my career was ended due to injuries. I had a couple shoulder surgeries that, you know, pretty much as, a, as an offensive lineman, it's tough to overcome. Um, and so, you know, that was, you know, how my career ended, but immediately worked in actually recruiting um, for UCF, um, you know, helping to put, you know, transition to staff over to Scott Frost built one of the, you know, the, the probably the best recruiting class in school history, you know, while, while I was there, um, Mackenzie Milton, Gabe Davis, Richie Grant, um, a bunch of different draft picks, kind of big profile guys um, that we were able to bring in and, and, you know, get the program to even new heights, national championships. Not that I did any of that, but hoping to be a part of at least the evaluation of some key guys that, that went into it. But that ultimately just got me into the business side and then eventually just getting super into technology. Um, I initially I worked for Johnson and Johnson. I did medical device sales, but you know, my parents are entrepreneurs. I have really, you know, just a deep desire to win, to learn, to grow. And that naturally kind of took me into how could I impact sports on a greater scale, help maximize truly the opportunities that sports represent. And that is what, you know, led me to what I'm doing now at game time and GMTM is just this natural progression of being a player, getting my opportunity, getting a scholarship at UCF. I actually, I ended up getting three degrees. I got an undergraduate and then two masters while I played in my five years there. So maximize the opportunities to the fullest and in my graduate studies of, you know, the sports landscape just was really studying the business of sports, how, you know, college sports worked, you know, related to the general university as well as you know pro leagues deals worked on some collective bargaining agreement stuff so just really understanding the life cycle of an athlete and the sports ecosystem and then getting more into technology and like how 
through product, through various things can, you know, actually help implement change has really been the, the through line of, of my journey in sports. Ooh, geez. You said an undergrad degree and two masters in five years. Yeah, correct. What, what was, I mean, well, before I jump into that aspect of it, because first of all, congratulations. That's a lot. <laughs> so especially as an athlete, I understand that, you know, you did your thing with that. So, so congratulations to you for that. What was the actual like studies that you went through? What, what did you get your undergrad and your math and both your masters in? Yeah, so I am. Um, so I was one of the first high school to college athletes uh, to graduate early. So I enrolled in January of my freshman year, kind of really on the first wave, one of the first guys at UCF to, to do that. So came in and had some credits, you know, had some kind of momentum coming into school. Um, you know, a lot of credit to UCF and, you know, specifically Christy Belden, some of the, you know, the, just the support staff that helped talk with me about my goals, really understood what I wanted to do. Uh, my under, undergraduate was in entrepreneurial business management. So just basically undergraduate business management, but an entrepreneurial track. Um, finished that after my redshirt sophomore year, after we won the Fiesta Bowl. And then I got into the DeVos Sports Management Program. I was the first active athlete to be accepted. And that's a dual master's program. So um, I got my master's in business, my MBA, uh, and then a master's in sports business management, um, where it's, you know, basically studying the intersection of A, a lot of, you know, MBA, business, case study, strategy type stuff, but then also the sports aspect, you know, analytics, you know, uh, how these businesses are built, how they work, um, all of the inner workings of, you know, the industry of sports. And so I did that my junior and senior year um, as I finished my playing time at UCF. That's wild, man. I'm, that, that's, <laughs> that's wild. Um, I mean, I'm a current graduate student that's about to graduate in literally less than two months. And I'm sitting here like, yo, I'm ready to be done. <laughs> you know, so I, I totally understand, what, you know, what it means to go through that. But you got two masters while playing. That's talk about that work balance life. Because for me personally, I'm a former athlete myself. Yeah. Um, you know, I had a little game. You know, a little game wasn't the highest recruit or anything like that. But I had a little game. Uh, played at uh, NAIA level, uh, Division One. I think one of was that time. Either D one or D two. NAIA basketball. Played there for about two years. But I still have that life of you know, being an athlete, playing consistently on a, like a 24-7 job while trying to handle academia. And that was very, um, very difficult to do, especially since depending on the program that you're at, that's 24-7, you know, film study, three, two or three a day workouts, plans, practices, traveling on the road. Like that is a lot to encompass when it comes to the life of a college athlete, especially if you're only 18, 19 years old. Like, that's a lot to, you know, that, that can be thrown at you. How are you able to handle that work-life balance during your playing days and be able to transfer some of that to, into your current uh, status now of being a full-time owner of a business? Yeah, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of just figuring it out on the go, right? I mean, that's life, right? You, you, everybody has a plan till you get punched in the face type, type of deal. Right. But at the end of the day, it's just kind of showing up every single day. And for me, 
at the beginning of my career and getting into college, I always recognized that I wanted to use sports as a vehicle for opportunity and really understand how it could help me in my life. And I knew that I was going to pour 100% into my game to being the absolute best player. And really, I kind of think about it even more agnostically of even just sports, but being the best in the world at something, right? That is, that is just a trait and a mindset and kind of a discipline that you build as a person that can be applied to different things. So the tough thing in sports is, a lot of times it gets tough because guys get caught up in their identity of just being an athlete, but they really don't understand that all of these things that they're building to just be an elite person that happens to be an athlete can actually be applied in different fields that they're also interested in. Some guys understand that more innately. You know, I was lucky enough to be surrounded by a good support system that kind of, that was always my approach was being really intentional about, yeah, you know, I'm going to start, you know, 30 plus games at my position and be a leader on the team. But most importantly, I'm going to get, I'm going to, I'm going to do whatever I can to maximize my time here and the school's willingness to pay for my academics to get as much as I could out of it. Right. Just kind of in the spirit of, again, just trying to be the best, you know, honestly. And so, um, and just, you know, it was a blur, honestly, it was so much in terms of like how to actually manage it, the long hours, the long days. You know, I mentioned my injury, right? That's like for two, for my, my two years in my graduate program, I was also balancing trying to rehab and being completely unhealthy for essentially like two years of my life through getting, you know, these degrees and being on the team that, you know, again, it, I'm glad that I'm on this side now and I have all of these lessons. And, you know, as an athlete, you face different moments in your life that help you build, you know, character and, and, a, and a baseline work ethic to, to get through things and to be open and to be learning. And so, you know, that's that's kind of the mindset that I had going through and just try to balance it the best I could really on a day to day basis. You know, for our team, it was it was I was the first athlete, you know, athlete to do this. There was a lot of first I was going through. So everybody was kind of figuring out on the fly and, and we did our best and, and we did good. So. What were some of the biggest lessons that you had to learn to achieve what you did during that time? Because like you said, there was a lot of first for student athletes when it came to you stepping into the role that you did. Um, and if it's something that's unheard of, it's always going to be, you know, always need that learning curve when you, when you, you know, making history, but as you were making that history, what were some of those lessons that you had to learn to propel you and prepare you for the moments you're dealing with right now? Yeah, I think it's just, you know, kind of knowing where you want to go. You know, there's kind of you, you want to know where you really want to go, but then you have to be in the moment. Right. You can't always just be you know, projecting or planning where you want to go. You can't always just be doing and, you know, you know, ramming against something or dealing with hard things without kind of a grand plan, without a real direction or a real compass or setting tangible goals and working back. And, and I think you don't want to over-index on either as well, where I think a lot of the things that I learned was if I were to tell myself what I had to go through before going through it, I don't know if I would have wanted to do it, right? But setting a compass and setting a direction and then 
showing up every day and being accountable, you figure it out. And I think you really push yourself. Um, normally for, 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 for people, we don't like pushing ourselves. We like being comfortable. We don't like being uncomfortable. Uh, and it's really hard to balance how we're doing things that are making us better and getting us closer where we want to be in the future or the impact we want to have, but also in a way that is realistic that we're going to do. Uh, in terms of, you know, comfort or time or energy that has to be spent. And so, you know, I would say what I learned the most to sum it up is just being willing to plan, have ambitious goals to make ambitious impact, but showing up to do the work through the, um, you know, discomfort and out of the spirit of just getting better and, and just doing your best. And obviously, you know, learning those lessons brought you to where you are now which is great you know and before we jump to that topic everybody you're listening right now if you're just now tuning in you're actually tuning into a heck of a guy who is super smart intelligent and that's a crazy work ethic because you got two masters in the undergrad while playing college bat college football and rehabbing if that doesn't inspire you to do better you said i would check yourself his name is uh he is the ceo of gmtm game time joey grant joey um, well, let's transition to now your, your new endeavors. You, you talk about how you're glad you're not on that side anymore. I'm glad too, but that's a lot. <laughs> but now you're on this side where you are managing and operating your own sports business. Yeah. What was the moment for you that gave you that light bulb of, okay, this is where I need to go to fulfill this, to fulfill game time. Like, what was that moment where you realized this is what I needed to do? Yeah, it, it actually, so it starts really with me starting to work in recruiting at UCF. Because the interesting thing is, you know, we have a very marketable program. This is a lot of, uh, you know, when UCF, University of Central Florida was really on the rise where they're now much more in the media spotlight. They're in the Big 12, they're in the Power Five, you know, really an unprecedented ascension in college sports. Um, and as we were coming on the rise and I was running recruiting, you know, I had this understanding that we were an organization that was trying to provide opportunities to athletes in the form of a scholarship, right? And this is a very lucrative opportunity. A lot of people would like a scholarship to play Division One football. And, you know, as I'm doing kind of recruiting, it's just very difficult for me to educate people about the program. Hey, have you heard of UCF? Do you know what we have to offer? Even if they know kind of, the top line, the UCF Knights, or they've heard about us, you know, for the, for, for athletes or people within the industry to have the information needed to vet a potential opportunity to submit and engage with the information that's necessary for you as an evaluator to make a decision. There was no infrastructure for any of this at all. I basically had to do everything myself. And at the same time, we were spending a lot of money in recruiting. So it's kind of like, what are we spending our money on? Is it actually making a difference in terms of the amount of people that we can reach and the amount of relationships that we can build and cultivate to build the best potential to bring the best student athletes into the program? That's going to get us the most wins, right? That's kind of how it works. That's the formula. Um, and so really seeing that, you know, while I was in the trenches kind of doing that work, that always really stuck with me. And again, thinking about sports as a vehicle for opportunities where if you, you know, zoom out, it's not just UCF's football program. 
every college in America, every sport, every coach, every camp, every organization that is in the sport industry from youth sports, high school sports, college, you know, even NFL, Olympic, all of these organizations have the same problem where it's accessing athletes and providing access for athletes of any any predicament, wherever, you know, whatever location, whatever means, whatever geography, you know, whatever you have, give providing them access to an opportunity, you know, to, to really equalize where it's not, you know, having to be able to travel to a certain location or pay money, you know, on hotels and lodging and all of these things. It's how can we reduce the friction of an organization giving information about what they have to offer and an athlete showcasing themselves to try to get that opportunity. Um, that was the initial light bulb. And, you know, then there's kind of all of the actual things that were done of, you know, my co-founder and CTO, and we've raised two rounds of funding, you know, from the Bay area, from the Valley. And, um, you know, and, you know, now are building towards that vision. It started in football. It's expanded. You know, again, we work with the Olympics. We work with NFL teams. We work with colleges. We work with camps. We work with other organizations, brands, sponsors, everybody in the sports industry, but really in this, in this same spirit of how can we maximize the opportunities that are available to athletes and provide them infrastructure to interact with those opportunities and to tell their story in a way that, continues making sports a great vehicle for opportunities for them. How does your company translate or work with the new NIL situation? Especially when you're dealing with college collegiate athletes. You talk about opportunities and providing uh, different avenues for athletes to get the recognition and that they need and also pursue the careers that they want. NIL, NIL is you know, changing the game from a recruitment perspective as well, providing opportunities for student athletes to be compensated their worth, get make income for themselves while they're being college, you know, collegiate students. So talk about how does your company in some ways either compete or use some of those resources to help booster and expand your business? Yeah, absolutely. It's been a huge change and kind of the framework that we think about NIL and again, if you think of sports as a vehicle of opportunities, name, image, likeness, NIL for a college athlete, this is just another layer of opportunities that are available. Now they can make their money with local businesses, with brands, with sponsors who want to work with them in some way, some shapes and form. And we're in the super, super early innings uh, of it. You know, right now, kind of the good is that this is only the beginning. This is be, going to become the norm. And we, we have the vision that sports is being rebuilt in real time around athletes, point blank, period, at every, at every stage of an athlete, in every professional league, college, et cetera. It's all about the athletes and what you're providing them that's going to make them more likely to be successful, right? And I think we're really seeing that. Um, but understanding that, you know, that is going to be the norm for these athletes. And that, that, that is, that is right because that is sports, right? All of the, you know, your NBA, your NFL, these organizations are valuable because of the athlete who steps on the court or on the field, right? It's not, 
the organization. It's not the coaching staff, you know, no offense to any of these people. Right. But all of the values with the athletes who are entertaining, who have stories that fans are interested in. Right. And that's the future that we believe in. And that is coming. NIL is again, another, you know, just an inevitable thing that is happening that is allowing these college athletes to have that. At the same time, the bad, I, I think, is, you know, when you have terminology like name, image, likeness, right, you, you're able to create jargon and just people who are inserting themselves into the equation looking for an opportunity. Like any gold rush, big opportunity, there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of, you know, not real understanding of how this is going to be built, what's coming. Not that we have all of the answers, but just understanding it's super complex, it's super dynamic, and our Uh, our opinion and the way that we're approaching this is in sports between an athlete and organization and brands and sponsors, these are the partnerships that maximize the value in sports, right? You have, uh, you know, look at the NFL draft, right? Like think about it in this way where Aiden Hutchinson, the number two overall draft pick, or, you know, uh, you know, Kenny, you know, Kenny Pickett just got drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers. If you think about their relationships, these athletes are going from Georgia or Oregon, you know, as them as an athlete and whoever Georgia's brands and sponsors are, they're now going under a new organization and brands that they are essentially partnering with to maximize their value and the organization's value. Right now you have the new quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Right. But again, this is in unison. This is in partnership where a lot of the solutions, a lot of the things in the industry are actually disconnected. They're not thinking about it in this holistic way. They're trying to service the athlete and trying to put deals in front of them. They're trying to just get brands these deals. They're excluding the organizations. They're, you know, they're, no one is doing things in a, in a way that is kind of building for, you know, at least what we perceive the future as. So our, 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 our platform and our, uh, our company kind of helps to align these things where, you know, organizations can run campaigns with brands and sponsors to different athletes, current, you know, student athletes where they can interact with these brands. They can submit user generated content, branded content, things and assets that these, you know, companies and brands can use that are valuable and and doing it in a way that they're willing to actually spend dollars on to provide value directly to athletes. But again, in in a different way that's unique to our platform. And that's really putting all three of these stakeholders, you know, together and and, and showcasing really like what that value is. So in its own way, you can say game time is the agency for multiple parties that can help provide opportunities for for both parties to get equal value per se. Am I saying that right? Or am I saying it kind of? Yeah, and and we like to think about it just for the listeners and and trying to be, you know, the simplest is kind of like a LinkedIn for sports, right? But but really it's a a social network and a social platform that has an underlying uh, intention around getting an opportunity around making your life better instead of LinkedIn where yours is more written and you're putting your resume. In this case, it's more visual with video that is still representing essentially your athletic resume where 
you know, all of your physical measurables and drills and highlights and, you know, even kind of more promotional, cooler, higher, more premium content can live to showcase who you are as an athlete and help get you opportunities. Man, where were you when I was in college, man? I could have, that could have helped me out a lot. That's what I'm saying. But hey, if you're looking to make an Olympic team, you can still do it. We have athletes that are, you know, 25, 30, 35 years old, you know, finding opportunities, making teams again, just discovering the new and different ways that as an athlete, you can find opportunities, whether even in sports or areas that you may not have thought, you know, were possible. Well, as much as I appreciate that offer, I am not the 25, 30, 35 year old athlete that's still playing in the Olympic realm or any professional realm. So unfortunately right now, that's not an opportunity for me, but there is a target audience that I do want to specifically tap into that I believe will be very useful of your services. And that is women collegiate athletes and women professional athletes because they're so underrepresented in, in multiple areas. Um, and I want, and I want to know what way and what, in what ways are you for specifically targeting that area to provide those resources? Because clearly they're not going to get the same value worth value worth, uh, from a financial perspective in their respective leagues. Um, they got to get it outside of that. So what resources can you provide for that? And now, and in a lot of ways, could that actually help boost your business? Um, when it comes to tapping into a demographic that are not a lot of sponsors um, and NIL uh, deals are taking place in. Yeah, no, I mean, this is, this is a huge kind of point of emphasis internally. And we're happy to say that, you know, almost 50% of our platform are female athletes. And um, some of the fastest growing sports are sports like volleyball and rowing and are female dominant. And you know, again, just talking through the lens of how, as a company, we think about these problems. Yes, there is a really, you know, there's a big issue in terms of representation for players and how they can express themselves, their stories to get more and more opportunities. There's an even deeper problem, you know, behind that, that the organizations that can actually provide opportunities for female athletes to want them to keep pursuing greatness, excellence, all of the different ways they can be compensated they don't have nearly the means of different male organizations in terms of how they find athletes, how they build relationships with athletes. And so if you think about, you know, how an Alabama football program would be different, you know, you're having 50 students kind of work in the phones and everything where contrary, you know, a women's soccer program, even in division one or one double a two or three, you have maybe a staff of two or three people total for the whole organization who are, trying to represent their program, find the best athletes, build relationships with athletes. So, you know, we're solving it still from that perspective where we want to enable female sports organizations, you know, to use tools to build better relationships through the way that they're doing that. You know, female athletes are naturally building, you know, profiles, but more importantly, they're finding tangible opportunities. We don't want to just kind of like talk about it. We want to also really help be an integral part in the solution of opening up more access to more opportunities. Um, and so we're really, really excited. And, you know, there's so much room for improvement. We're truly, you know, just getting started, just getting to the, to the starting line. But luckily, you know, we are really showing a huge impact in terms of what we can do to really move representation forward and really equalize the playing field.
So do you think that your company, Game Time, could actually be a vehicle as to why certain collegiate athletes, especially the w, especially when it comes to women's NCAA, going into whatever professional women's league uh, that they may represent, um, could they actually negatively impact uh, the NIL uh, component of things? Because let's just say a female athlete, anyone on the team, who has a chance that maybe want to maybe go through outside ventures where they don't want to stay in college for their full four years and they want to you know go pro whether it's in the WNBA or overseas, if they've never had an NIL deal, but they have the chance to go through your company to get that additional potential opportunity, they may say, skip college, screw college. I can go get that somewhere else. Or could it help the, the, the NIL like name, image, and likeness realm when you talk about how maybe people that don't get opportunities, those type of deals from a regular business perspective they could be the 12, 13, 14 women on the team. You go to your company and you can help them get an opportunity where they can get some type of compensation. Maybe they, maybe they want to stay in college. Talk about those ups and downs scenarios and where game time really can take that representation to a new heights. Yeah, we, we kind of hope it's like a yes and type of situation where we're you know, offering more opportunities and then in the opportunities that these athletes have, these organizations have better infrastructure to be able to monetize and help these athletes really make deal, you know, uh, make deals, uh, create more forms of different content and activations, which translate to assets that brands and sponsors and even local businesses, you know, can tangibly see their value and they can see the ROI of a hundred athletes or 50 athletes for, you know, this women's team who are all posting, making content about a specific brand sponsor or our, our platform helps to organize that database that allow for easy distribution, you know, to make most impact of, you know, the athletes, the content, as well as, you know, overlapping with all of the brand and sponsors initiatives of what, you know, the, the specific content of what may be asked. So we're hoping that it's both that, you know, again, not only are there more opportunities, but whether it's a college or whether it's a club team or a sports league, that our platform helps provide a better infrastructure to just create more value for their athletes. What about people like, you know, me who may want to step, really step and take it to the next level in a professional realm from a, from a sports uh, media perspective, sports personality aspects? You know, what about those type of people that are in the industry that may not be making top dollar within their respective companies, but may have an opportunity to maybe do an endorsement deal uh, with those people? Like, are you also tapping into other uh, media realms outside of just, you know, just uh, just athletes? Are you talking to sports personality and other, uh, other little situations as well? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We are. And, and I would say, you know, with a business, it's, there's kind of different stages, just like an athlete in your career, right? And for us, we're really maniacal around kind of this first chapter of really solving for organizations, building these talent pools for their prospective athletes, current athletes. We are working on some, you know, some pretty exclusive and pretty cool, you know, other ways to use our platform for more, you know, fan type of engagement. If you think about, again, a social network where athletes and organizations are on, you know, fans and, 
you know, we think of everybody as an athlete, everybody's an athlete, right? It's just, are you a current, you know, athlete, even coaches, they're former athletes, you, you're a former athlete, we're all athletes, and, and we all, you know, still can represent our, our, ourselves through video. And that, you know, maybe tells the best story. But, you know, long story short, that's where that, that, that is where we're headed. And so, you know, a simple use case here is this deep dive you're doing on me as an athlete through the platform, you can take the questions that you have, splice them up into kind of like a little course or kind of a little activity and, and campaign that athletes could go and answer questions asynchronously, right? Without you having to be on a live Zoom of, hey, tell me about when you started playing sports, what your best moment was, right? Hey, tell me your ambitions of getting brand sponsored deals. What are your interests? All of these things, run those type of campaigns to your audience and allow them to engage. We like to say we're moving from consumption to engagement. So anything that is kind of engagement related, uh, that has content and user generated content specifically, kind of you know looking to go back and forth from an organization to an audience, you know our platform is going to be you know a really good solution for that. Where you know you can visualize your audience interacting, you can share that access with other stakeholders, brands, sponsors. Hey, brand, here's a database of you know, or uh, here's access to X audience of my listeners that are interested in pizza, right? Or this or whatever, whatever it may be. Okay, okay, I'll do that. And when you talk about, obviously, I know you talk a little bit about maybe the next steps and goals you may want to expand and take the company to. Um, for you, Joy, what, can you add on to that and, and, and just elaborate on what potential ceiling you see this company really going to when it comes to fulfilling the, the foundational standards and morals that you guys have within the company? What is your, what's the ultimate goals and the ceiling and where you want to take this, uh, move this company from a direction perspective? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's truly from one of access and connectivity, right? So obviously there are like, you know, business goals and all of these things, but we think about it truly from a mission and visional perspective of there are 45 million youth athletes in just the United States, 8 million high school athletes, we're, we're kind of dialed in and we're focused there to start, you know, all the way through professional athletes, right? Expanding it globally, internationally. I mentioned that we're growing in other sports. We're also growing very rapidly in, you know, internationally in Canada, in Europe, in South America. So we think about it in the context of just how many athletes uh, there are, you know, globally, you know, a billion, you know, active athletes in the world then. You know, our, our job and, and, and the tall task that we have is serving, you know, that entire amount of athletes. And so we're starting, you know, right now where we are and, and you know, we'll, the opportunity really is as big as the athletes that we can help serve and we can create more opportunities for. And on the other end, you know, are the businesses and the organizations and the sponsors, you know, at every stage. And so there is a lot of work to be done and with a lot of work and with a lot of challenges are opportunity. Right. And so, you know, I think it's, it's massive and, and, and the impact I think of, again, what is sports sports is to me, the most equalizing vehicle for equal opportunity in our country, point blank period. Right. Whether, you know, even if you're not a professional athlete, the lessons, the, the places that sports can take you can truly be life-changing and have been, really that source of change for a lot of, you know, a lot of different cultures and, and, and kind of communities within this country. And again, internationally. Where can our audience follow you, your work, game time, 
and keep up with the things we got been doing. Where, where can they follow you guys? So if they want to sign up for the platform, if they're an athlete, if they're a coach, if they're a fan, they wants to check out cool, interesting content, they can go to gmtm.com. Um, on our homepage, you can learn more about the company. You can sign up uh, for free right there as well. Um, if you want to see, you know, we have a lot of really cool content because we cover a lot of sporting events. We have a, you know, pretty, pretty neat and, 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 you know, really, really quality content team that does a incredible job capturing content, but across Instagram, the tweeter, like you have, you know, we got all the socials, the TikTok. um, you know, we got, you know, tens of thousands of followers on, you know, these platforms and great audiences. And you can check us out there. If you just type in GMTM, um, some of the handles are under GMTM sports or just GMTM, but you can find us under the branding GMTM, whether.com or on the socials type it in, we'll be there. And, and follow along. We'd love to hear from you. What about you? You're not going to join the party and, and, and let everybody follow you on social media, see what you're doing either, man. Like, <laughs> hey, hey, you can follow me too. Uh, Twitter would probably be the, be the best place. Uh, I, I, I was doing a, a lot of writing towards the beginning of the year. I just had a little baby girl. Uh, I'm now a, a girl dad. Okay. You know, you have to give up some things, some trade-offs. So my writing isn't as much up to date, but I do tweet. I, I am active, but you can find me on the tw- Twitter at jgrant5555. As Joshua can see, was my college number, um, double nickel, the big center there in the middle. But Twitter uh, at jgrant55. Well, congratulations on being the girl dad, man. I, you know, it's a really big step towards you know the next chapters of your life, especially as the father. So. Yeah. Most definitely, man. Congratulations to you on that. Wish you nothing but the best. And you heard it. That you heard it. You know, he gave you social media. But, you know, how could you, like, listen to my show and not follow me on social media? You can follow me on Instagram and the Twitter at Josh M. Hicks Media, as well as Ward Media, Regal Radio. You can follow us on our all of our social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, Regal Radio. But um, for sure on Instagram and Twitter, Ward Media. You can follow our website, warmedia.substack.com, as well as all podcast platforms, War on Anchor, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, Apple Podcasts, you name it. We are all, we're all over on all platforms. And you can even check this specific episode you're listening to right now on our YouTube, War Media on YouTube. You can check out, and, and, that's, and that's where you can see all of our podcasts, especially because, you know, it's pretty little, it's pretty face here along with this handsome brother here. I mean, he's a girl dad. I mean, that's, you can't lock that up. So come on now. Just, you want to check us out in, 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 in the visual component of things? Yeah, check out that Twitter and hit that subscribe button, and you'll see how we really do it around here. That being said, Joey, my guy, I truly appreciate you taking the time to come on my show on War Media's platform to talk about your scope of what it means of different lenses and what it means to be not just an entrepreneur and not, not just an entrepreneur, but an entrepreneur in the sports realm and how you're helping athletes and other sports media around the world maximize their potential. Really appreciate you taking time to talk to me. I'd love to keep in touch with you. And um, as you expand on some of those things, you know, maybe we can work on doing something together in, in general, you know, and I, I love to continue to build this rapport and this relationship and following the work that you're doing, doing great stuff, man. I appreciate it. Thank you for thank you for having me on and enjoy the conversation. Uh, and, you know, we're happy to collaborate with anyone looking to make an impact. So 
Absolutely. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm down to be your, you know, resident, you know, recruiting expert, sports expert, whatever you need, man, I'm here. Uh, thank you for the coverage. Uh, good chat with you uh, and appreciate everything. Uh, no problem, man. Thank you so much. You have a good rest of your day.